as you turned the pages. The art was graphic and kinetic, and the hero presented within those pages was dark and violent, a frightening shadowy figure who dangled criminals from rooftops and snapped legs with powerful roundhouses. This Batman bore little resemblance to the one whose adventures I'd seen on Saturday morning cartoons. This felt dangerous and adult. Even the costume was darker and lacked the goofy yellow oval on his chest emblem. It was lost on me at the time, but The Dark Knight Returns was a true milestone in comic book history. It was one of the most influential and important advances in the revolution that was then sweeping through the medium, putting a more sophisticated spin on superheroes. And I happened to have the good fortune to be at the perfect age to benefit from that revolution. In the America I was born into, comic books were considered almost exclusively kiddie fare. They were something to be read for a few years before you inevitably outgrew them, somewhere around age 11. Then you would move on to other hobbies, like trying to convince someone in the grocery store parking lot to buy you beer. A younger reader would replace you, and the cycle would continue. It took until basically my lifetime for this pattern to be broken. Just as I was on the way toward becoming an adult and leaving superheroes behind, superheroes instead came with me. With the publication of more mature titles, including Watchmen and Saga of the Swamp Thing, as well as the recent spate of comic-sourced TV shows and movies, the material has grown up. As a result, my generation became the first who didn't need to age out of superheroes. Head to any comic convention nowadays and you'll find loads of full-grown adults browsing the booths and jousting with plastic swords while wearing bright red Deadpool costumes. It's probably still not a great look for a Tinder profile, but in terms of the cultural mainstream, these people have never been more in. The superhero industry is now worth billions of dollars, and as was the case more than 50 years ago, Marvel and DC remain the only major players, the Coke and Pepsi of spandex, continuing to battle each other like Batman and the Joker. Not that I'd ever personally characterize either company as the villain. I've got no dog in the Marvel vs. DC fight. I don't read comics from either these days, instead preferring independently published, non-superhero titles such as Saga, Criminal, Queen and Country, and The Walking Dead. If I have any bias, it's for the Marvel movies, which I think it's safe to say are objectively better than those from DC, at least when it comes to DC's recent output. For 10 years, I covered movies for the New York Post, a cushy gig that allowed me to see films for free during work hours. And let's just say that when it came to Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, I'd have rather been sitting in the office. I don't think that makes me a Marvel homer. It just makes me a person with eyes. Rabid fans in both camps have endlessly debated the question of which is better, Marvel or DC, for literally decades, and I'm not sure this book is going to settle that argument. It may never be settled. I fully expect that at the 2045 San Diego Comic-Con, attendees will still be getting into slap fights debating whether the Green Lantern featured in the seventh and latest cinematic reboot could beat up the tenth on-screen version of Wolverine. And would we fans have it any other way? So much of what makes the comic book world fun is the passion and the enthusiasm of the fans, not to mention those who work in the industry. The competition between Marvel and DC is fuel for that fire.
Without this rivalry, the comic book industry would be a lot less interesting. And boring is something that gets old quickly to adults and child alike. Introduction This is a story about innovation. As much as readers might like to romanticize the comic book business, it's still just that, a business. Art Spiegelman, the Pulitzer Prize-winning cartoonist behind Mouse, called comics the bastard offspring of art and commerce. And money, measured in part by sales, is still one of the most critical components in every single one of those bagged and boarded issues you've lovingly stored in your closet. If not to the talent involved, then certainly for their corporate masters in the corner offices. And as with any business, innovation is everything. It's the key to success and a single groundbreaking leap forward.